Hi, my name is Ellie, and welcome back to another episode of In the Highs, In the Lows. I am so glad you're here and listening to this episode where we can explore God's Word together. I really hope you also crack open that Bible so we can read through the scripture together, unless, of course, you're driving. Then do it once you get there. Enjoy! Of in the highs, in the lows. If you're wondering today why my voice sounds like this, it's because I've been sick for a whole week and I was on a mission trip where we slept, I think, like three hours every night, so it got worse. Um, but I do have a guest today. Hi, I'm yes. London. Okay, London, tell us a fun fact. Um, a fun fact about me is I'm an elementary education major, but this is my third major. Oh, what were your other two? So I started as political science, wanting to go into law. I actually didn't know that. Um, I do know the other one though. Yes, and then I decided to switch to chaplaincy because I decided law was too like behind a desk for me. Mm. Um, so I switched to chaplaincy um, and then I just through kind of different jobs I'd worked in the past and like experiences I'd had decided elementary education uh, would be a better uh, course of action for my, my personal personality. Yeah, valid. Okay, cool. I actually, so interesting fact about me, not that anybody asked what I would say it anyways. Um, I am a Christian studies major, not chaplaincy specific. I have no clue what my specific is going to be yet, but we'll figure it out. Um, but my backup, if I end up not fitting in a ministry and the Lord didn't call me there and I just went to the wrong place accidentally, which I don't think is what's going to happen, but just in case, um, I want to be a high school history teacher. I love that. I can see that. Yeah. I love history in general, which is, I think part of the reason why I love reading the Bible is because a lot of it's history based. So it's, it, they, they blend quite but a like, bit. But like, hear me out. Bible teacher. No, that's also a backup. That's also a backup. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, Okie dokie. Um, use your scripture for us. Okay. So today um, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 12. I would very much encourage you to pull out your Bibles to look at this. Unless as... you're driving. If you're driving, do not pull out your Bibles and read it once you stop. Very good point. Um, yes. Yeah, definitely don't do that. And um, I will read through the parts we are talking about because I think that is very important when studying scripture to actually study the scripture. Mm-hmm. Um. So, as with any scripture study, I would love to pray before we get started, real quick. Um, so, Lord, just like open our eyes to what you want us to hear, Lord, um, whether that be on an individual basis, what we're meant to hear person to person, um, or what the main message you want me to speak about or Ellie to speak about today, Lord, that um, you'd make that very clear um, and obvious to us. So, it's not our words coming out of us, but yours. Um, because ultimately that is far more important, Lord, and do not let us take anything out of context. Thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's get started. Um, so we're going to be looking at kind of the second half, or like more toward the middle. So I'm going to start in verse 16. Um, just a little bit of context. Jesus is preaching right now, um, and he goes into this parable because uh, he's questioned about inheritance and like who should get what, and it's very, very focused on like, money and like who gets what possessions like that sort of thing so he goes into value of what what money what value money has is what i'm looking for yes and so he goes into this parable um and so in verse 16 he says and he told them a parable saying the land of a rich man produced plentifully and he thought to himself what shall i do for i have nowhere to store my crops 
And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many, many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Okay, so this parable is not like, so this isn't going to be specifically what we're looking at, but what we're looking at relies on this parable. Um, essentially what this is saying is this man spent his life trying to create a comfortable life for himself. So well, it's not inherently wrong to work and to take care of yourself in the sense that like there are things that we will need on this earth. Um, there is very much an order of priorities. Um, so the next section gets to kind of look into that and look into anxieties that um, we can face when looking at monetary goals and like life goals on earth, especially when we do this in a way where this man had not considered his spiritual life at all, seemingly. Like, he's not talking about going and spreading the gospel, like the Great Commission commands. He's not talking about um, seeking Christ in all things. Like, there's no mention of a tithe. Like, he's very clearly not turned to God in any of this. Um, and so now he's, he's worked hard. He's presumably gotten all these things, and he's hit wealth. But none of it matters because now he is questioned before God. And... So, like, nothing physical is important anymore, um, and he's lost all his priorities. And so, he goes into tw verses 22 through 32, where he talks about this. So, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Um, so again, this is talking about like the f physical, spiritual distinction. Um, Jesus doesn't say like, don't have food, don't have clothing. Like nowhere in the Bible does Jesus say like, starve yourself, don't, don't be healthy type thing. But he's talking about not worrying. Um, and if we look back to verse 20, and I'm going to emphasize this a lot, um, where God says to him, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Um, so as you read the scripture, I want you to really think about, like, who are you preparing things for, right? Mm -hmm. So we have this choice where we can prepare for Christ, for Christ's second coming, um, which essentially is the mission of all Christians. Like, if you look at the Great Commission, um, we'll step aside to Luke 24, verse 47 real quick. Um, and that says, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. So this is the same um, Great Commission that we see earlier in the Bible. And, um, in Matthew, in, yeah, we see uh, that one's not specifically the Great Commission. Specifically, if somebody's referring to the Great Commission, it's the end of Matthew. But um, with every single one of the four Gospels, we see a commission sent at the end, which is basically saying go out and tell the nations of who I am and tell them to repent, um, which is really, really good. And it's something that we reference a lot, but I feel like people don't act on a lot, hmm. um, which I think we will get into a little bit more later. But yes. And so, like, 
looking at this act of going out um, and preaching the gospel and repenting ourselves, it's it begs the question, like, what are we preparing for? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's big, big picture wise, it's not just us preparing for when we die. Um, because we don't know what will come first. We don't know whether we'll die first or whether Jesus will come again first. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately our life and our mission should point toward the second coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I took from verse 20 where he's talking about like, what are you preparing for? What, what goods are you laying up? Are you trying to prepare for Christ, for Christ's second coming when you mm -hmm. meet Christ again? Um, so whether that be when he comes to us or when we go to him um, through physical death, um, are we preparing for that? Or are we preparing for this retirement or this like wealth in our 30s or 40s or whatever we're preparing for that we don't even know if we're going to get to? Um, and I, I think that's just so, so powerful because it's so easy to get caught up in, like, especially um, Ellie and I are college students. I'm sure a lot of you listening are college students. It is so easy to make decisions and be like, oh my gosh, how will this impact 30-year-old me, 40-year-old me? which isn't like the worst way to think, obviously, as we're in this position where we're preparing. But are we thinking that in the way where it's like, I need to have a million dollars before I retire? Yes. Like, yeah. Are we focusing on our net value or like our value in Christ or what we're doing to further the kingdom? Um, like, for example, how many engineering majors have you met that go, yeah, I'm an engineering. It's really rough, but at least I'll be rich. Yes. I've met literally 90% of the engineering majors that I meet say that exact phrase. A lot of them. Um, and here's the thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Because, like, money isn't necessarily a bad thing. Although, it does say that it's easier to go to heaven if you're poor than it is if you're rich. That was badly paraphrased, but you get the point. Um, <laughs> but how often do you meet an engineering major, for example, who's like, yeah, I'm an engineering major. It's really hard. But I'm passionate about it, and they need so many more Christ followers in that field. I don't think I've ever met an engineering major that says that. I don't think I've ever met any major that says that. Yeah, I was going to say, that's no. not, that's a very rare thing. Maybe in poli-sci. I, I feel like, I don't think I've I ever feel like met. there's probably a couple of political science majors who are like, I want to go into politics. We need more Christian politics. That, actually, no. I, I've maybe definitely poli -sci that. because it's like a lawyer, but like, here's, I know. But that's about the extent of it. And even that's yeah. few and far between. Yes. And like, I know a lot of the people that listen. I don't know if I know all of you personally that listen, but I know a decent margin of the people that listen. I want you to think, are you in your major because of two, are you in your major because it make, make you rich? Are you in your major because you're passionate about it? Or are you in your major because people, you need to show Jesus throughout to those people? Yeah. I struggle to get that out. Here's the thing. <laughs> If you're in that major to get rich, get out fast because it is going to be so much harder to turn Jesus. On top of that, if you're in that major to get rich because you want to be rich later and you are not tithing now, honey, you're never going to tithe. Mm. If you are not giving your money to Jesus now, if you're not giving 10% now and you're planning on having a million dollars one day, 10% of a million dollars is $100,000. When do you plan on giving that up? Because if you can't give up 10 bucks of $100, then you're mm. never going to be able to give up $100,000 a million dollars. Yeah. Um, and I just want to, that's not fully what this is saying. There's more to this than just that, but that is a very important truth. But just like as college students, as I know some of you are high school students that are go, about to go into college, you're applying to college. Are you picking a major because you're passionate about it and because you need to tell people Jesus and that major about it? Because if you're picking it because you want to make money, you're picking the wrong major. Move on. Also, you're not getting, you're either not going to graduate, you're going to switch majors 17 different times. Uh, <laughs> okay. No offense. I also have. 
Um, or <laughs> you are going to be unhappy for the rest of your life in a stupid job just because you went there for money. Yeah, and the same goes for like having a passion. Um, keep in mind, Christ made us. He mm. wants us to have a passion in it. Um, and that, that's part of chair, sorry. <laughs> that's part of why I switched from chaplaincy. Yes, that's the Lord minis Lord's ministry, but if it's not a passion he's put on your heart, you're not gonna do that ministry effectively. Yes. Like, I love Jesus. I love learning about Jesus. I love studying his word. I would not be here today. I would not be at Charleston Southern today if that wasn't the case. Um, but sharing the gospel for me and showing the gospel for me looks like following the passions the Lord's put on my heart and the gifts the Lord's put on my heart and bringing him to that field. Mm -hmm. We don't just need Christian ministers. We need yes. Christian lawyers, doctors, teachers, like engineers. everything. Yeah. Engineers, yeah. Sorry if you're an engineering major right now, but just like, <laughs> oh, and I'm, yeah, like I know so many amazing, amazing people in the engineering program. Yes, like, but also like, I know your major's hard. You don't need to tell me every 10 minutes because like you do, <laughs> You do tell me your major's hard to be tended. Okay, sorry, this is not biblical related, but I have to rant about this for a hot sec. <laughs> Those of you who are freshmen in engineering courses, but you're not actually taking any engineering courses yet, you are taking the normal courses, stop complaining. You're not taking any engineering courses yet. Calm down. Sorry, I went off for no reason. Let's get back <laughs> to the Bible. Um, I'm dying over here. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. But you say, um, like, back when you go to the tie, then, like, having the heart position now. You say that's not the point of this, but it is the point of this. The point of this is your soul and your heart position. True. This man had the wrong heart position. His heart was toward money. Um, brings me back to that verse. I cannot, you might remember the exact verse of it. You cannot serve two masters. It's money or God. Yes. It's your major or God. It's your career or God. Yes. Like you have to serve God and the other things will come after. Where's that verse? That verse is in this passage um, about serving God first and the other things will come after. And that's talking about your physical needs. Um, but we we won't be able to find what we need on this earth, truly what we need for like our soul and our spiritual future mm -hmm. if we do not seek God first. Um, yes. Do you have I, any thoughts about that? Yes. Um, and I think like going on top of that, which leads us directly into the next part we're going to talk about, is um, that the reason that he stays in that area, it's not, not just because of like greed, because... Not everybody who wants money is greedy. Like I've met lots of people who are doing fine in life. They're not greedy. That doesn't make you a greedy person. But um, he is yearning for this comfortability that Jesus does not promise us. Um, I think a lot of the times we assume, oh, I've met Jesus. My life is going to be easy. I'm going to be comfortable. Comfortable is not a word that applies to a Christian. And if it applies to your life, you got to start moving. If, it, if you feel comfortable in your life, it is because you are not active with Jesus. Um, Part of being a follower of Jesus, you can see, look at Jesus's life throughout the four gospels. So if you don't know, the four gospels are just basically Jesus's life. They're not chronological, interesting fact. Um, and they also don't build off of each other. They're all its own thing. Uh, yeah. The first three connect and then John's kind of his own deal. They um, all also have different, so they're all the same story, but they all have different points to them. Yes, if you look at the nitty -gritty. and like different meetings. Very much encourage you to go through all of them. Mm-hmm. If you're um, looking for a place together, to start, look through them. If like, you're looking for a place to start in the Bible, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was at church one day and the preacher was just like, oh my gosh, totally speak to me. And I learned who Jesus was and I met Jesus for the first time. The four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are your place to start. Start with John. Back to what I was saying. Um, so, or not, I lost it. Oh yes, okay. Jesus does not live a life of comfortability. Jesus does not go and he, it's not like he's staying in these nice hotels when he's going out and telling people, um, about what God is letting on his heart. It's not like he's doing that. It's Jesus is going out and he's living in the wilderness. He's walking everywhere he goes. 
He doesn't have donkeys to ride around. He doesn't have camels. And I know there's not cars in this time. Obviously, cars were invented in like the 1910s, 1920s. There's no cars. But they have other modes of transportation besides walking. There's donkeys. There's camels. I don't think there's horses native to that area. Um, I'm leaning towards no on that one. That's a quick Google. Um, so it's not like there are not other ways to like get like transport. It's that Jesus chooses to walk because he lives a life that's uncomfortable. We see him fast for 40 days. That's not comfortable. Fasting is not a comfortable experience. And I think a lot of times we're just like, oh, I'm going to fast. If you don't know what fasting is, it's uh, not eating so that you can focus on God. Pretty much. That was kind of badly paraphrased. But you can Google it once again. Um, but it's like, I'm in a fast that I can feel so filled up by God. Fasting is uncomfortable. Le like leaning on God with everything that is in your life is uncomfortable. You know what? Okay. I'm really going off on this for some reason, but a trust fall. Do you know what a trust fall is? Yes. Okay. I figured you did. Most people do. Uh, but just in case you don't, it's where you fall backwards and somebody gets to catch you. I cannot do a trust fall for the life of me. I get way too freaked out and I do not believe people are going to catch me. Your entire life as a Christian should be doing a trust fall for Jesus. And the thing is, you're going to be three inches off the ground when he catches you. And that's terrifying, but you have to trust that he's going to catch you because he's caught everyone else. So he's going to catch you. There's no reason why he wouldn't catch you. Calm down. He's going to catch you. So we see this guy, uh, the rich fool. Basically, he's saying, I am scared of Jesus catching me. I'm going to put all this stuff behind me so that when I fall back, I fall back on my own riches, not on Jesus. That's a foolish move because those riches are going to go away because eventually you're going to push them all over and you're going to fall over anyways. When you trust Jesus, he's going to catch you no matter what. So going into that next section, do not, it's labeled in my Bible, do not be anxious, is the next session, it, section, yes. which is uh, 22 through 34. Um, a lot of that is saying like, lean on God with everything because here's the thing, you're going to be anxious if you don't. Learning to lean on God and not be anxious through that is a difficult, difficult process, which honestly, I don't think anyone's ever perfected, excuse me, except for Jesus, obviously. But um, yeah, it's not necessarily you being greedy but here's the thing if you are saving up money if you're that engineering student or any major although engineering <laughs> is kind of fun to pick on um i mean that in the best way hey y'all work hard I... yeah yeah i could never be an engineering student no but, I will um, fail. <laughs> what basically if you are in a field such as engineering or nursing or medical field or anything or like law if you're in that field because you want to have that comfort of knowing that you're going to have money when you grow up and your family's going to be safe the only way your family's ever going to be safe is if you're with Jesus. And the thing is, safety does not look like what you think it does either. Which I don't have time to get into. Actually, I mean, like, technically I do, but I'm not going to. So, right. would you like to read some more scripture for yes, us? Yes, let's read some more. So, we left off on 23 is where we were kind of there. We left off on 22. We read 22 and 23, but, like, we kind of got sidetracked. Oh, I didn't notice we did. So, 22 and 23, I'll read them pretty quickly. Uh, just say, and he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, um, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. So, again, this is kind of the same thing we were just talking about. Um, this is the point of this parable um, that we'll go into a little more in the next few, few verses. Um, there is a spiritual need far before there is a physical need. Physical needs are still needs and are still things like that will be addressed eventually but they need to be put in their proper order um i saw this cool analogy once there was this jar and he was trying to put the stones in like stones in a jar and there were big stones and there were little stones um and he had to put 
the big stones in first, otherwise they wouldn't all fit. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Like the message as a whole was not like the most theologically sound thing ever, but this idea of the rock stuck with me because I was thinking about how like when we, we have to layer our life in importance. Mm -hmm. um, and there have been times in my life where I've done this very poorly um, and where I've done this better. Like, and I think back to the point, like no one's gonna do this absolutely perfectly because only Christ did, only Jesus did. Um, but when we layer our lives, school, then Christ, we're always gonna have more homework to do. We're always gonna have more studying to do. The Bible time will fall off till tomorrow. And then the next day. And I, I know this because I've done this in my life um, many, many times. But when we start saying, okay, yes, it's important that I graduate. Yes, it's important that I get this grade. But what's more important? Like, for all I know, I could drive out of this campus, get into a car wreck and die. Like, I have no idea. Like, that sounds super morbid. And I really pray that doesn't happen. But I have no idea. Like. And I have to be comfortable saying, yeah, that could happen. Um, and I am confident my soul is with Christ, which I am. Um, and I am comfortable saying that I'm baptized, born again, believer. But when you put it in that perspective, I, I really do hope it sounds more like it makes more sense to say, hey, maybe I should have that hour in the morning that I dedicate to Jesus, that I read the Bible, that I sit in prayer and meditate in him. Um, and so it's all about like structuring your life. So it's not saying these things aren't something you should have. It's saying that like you should have Christ before you should have anything else. Um, and so that kind of sets the tone for 24 through 25. And then I'll read 27 through 28. And then we'll get back to 26. because It all kind of points to itself. And this will make sense in a second. So 24 and 25 says, Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, yet... They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? Um, and then 27 through 28 is kind of a similar point where it says, Consider the lilies, how they grow, and neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, how much more did he clothe you, O you of little faith? Um, and then I'll read 26 now, because I think this all kind of points back to this. If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? So um, this took me a second because I really wasn't sure what it was referring to when it said as small a thing as that until I kind of read through it again. Um, but I think this really does point back to the parable again where he says, like, uh, you've stored up these physical things. Um, and Ellie, you can interject if you want here if I'm saying the wrong thing. But uh, as little thing as that is just putting Christ in, like, is ordering your life. So um, this guy is so, so tied up. And we are so, so tied up in these very sig insignificant things. Um, and I, I fall victim to this all the time. Like I'm, I, I really do struggle with anxiety sometimes and I definitely have done this before. Worrying about things that just are not important in the long run. And the reality is you guys probably take like 
somewhere between 15 to like 18, maybe even 20 credit hours. That's 20 hours a week um, over the course of five days. That's like four hours a day. You're, you're doing lectures and then all the time you spend studying. What is one hour in the morning that you are dedicating yourself to Christ so that you can get in the right track so that Christ influences the rest of your day? This isn't saying like spend, I'm not saying spend an hour and then like don't think about Christ the rest of the day. That's not how it works. But how hard is it to dedicate some, some time to Christ and like putting our hearts in the right position so that we can live everything else out, like secondary to that. Um, and like we see constantly in the Bible how God takes care of us. Um, and so this example of like the flowers and the birds um, really does like illustrate like in creation from the very beginning, like humanity was his most prized like thing that he made. Mm -hmm. But these flowers and these birds, like, get so much. Like, how can we not see that if we put him first and we seek to live a godly life for him, that he's not going to, like, living for Christ is not going to be him saying, like, don't live. Like, don't, don't um, give yourself the necessary supplies to live. Like, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, so something, so... I mentioned at the very, very beginning when I was talking about how my voice is messed up that I went on a mission trip. That was part of the reason why. Um, one thing we did, we went to downtown Greenville, South Carolina. Never been there. If you've been there, it was pretty cute. I really enjoyed it. I love Greenville. But, um, Side was, note, I lived in Greenville for one year. I actually did not know that. Um, do you know the giant like waterfall thing downtown? I do. That is like so my there's favorite there's a giant place. waterfall park downtown. It was absolutely gorgeous. And we have things like that in Texas where I'm from. And I will see giant like just amazing things in the earth and like beauty or even like the lilies which is first mentions which are absolutely gorgeous and i look at that and i think how could somebody how could god love me more than anything like this yeah. and i think that that's such a beautiful thing is like he says look at the lilies look at the ravens like god loves you more than this um a verse that i can think of is first peter 2 9 i think it's 2 9 yep 2 9 uh, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. You may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Like, you are chosen by God, and he sees the beauty that you see, and he still says you are more beautiful than that. Yeah. So, with that, I think, first of all, like, um, there's two things. Go, the first thing is, do not be anxious, which is what this entire chapter talks about. Mm -hmm. Why are we being anxious if God already chose us over the lilies? Because you can't tell me there's much more beautiful than a flower. Flowers are absolutely gorgeous. And you're telling me that God still loves us more than that? That's insane. Like, that is something insane to grapple with. And I continue to go out, and I'm anxious. Yeah. I'm worried about what my life is going to come. The lilies sit there. Flowers don't do anything. Flowers sit there, and they look pretty, and that's all they do. And Jesus straight up says us, I want you to sit there and look pretty. And I will tell you when you need to go do something, unless that you just got to sit there and look pretty. Not actually like look pretty. It's not like you have to be like stunning or anything. I just <laughs> am using that like a phrase because that's all the, the Lily does. Hey, but girls, you are stunning in Christ. Stunning. Guys, you are handsome. Yeah. No, I'm, everybody's stunning in Christ. Like, let's just be real. So stunning, stunning is the correct word. Um, yes. But like that. Y'all are all glowing. Like in that Christ. is what a Lily does. A Lily sits there. Like that. A Raven does. A Raven lets God tell him where to go next. Thing is, we have a soul. We have options. Um, we're the only ones with a soul out there. Mm -hmm. Like we are. And I think like thinking about the earth, think about that waterfall in Greenville yesterday. 
All that waterfall does, it does, does is let the water run down it. Yeah. God is letting the water run down it. So with that, do not be anxious. If, the, if God keeps the lily alive, if God keeps the waterfall running, if God can keep that raven fulfilled, um, why are we worried? Why are yeah. we all of a sudden thinking that we, who can go out and do things besides sit there and look pretty, why are we worried that God won't provide for us? Um, and then a second thing is, going back to that First uh, Peter 2, 9 verse, it says, uh, you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. If we know that we are worth more than, if we know that we are loved more than the lilies, why are we not telling people that? And that goes yeah. back to that great commission uh, that we talked about. Here's the thing. I want, you mentioned that like I could leave this campus right now and get a car wreck and die. Yep. If you did that right now, when is the last time you told somebody the gospel? Um, so like, Yep, yeah, that's my that's, that's, that's my really entire bad. point. That's um, really bad. I don't really talk to people often, though. That's yes, <laughs> which is almost a, worse. <laughs> that's exactly my point. My whole point is, I could ask every single one of you, when was the last time you told somebody the gospel? I'd say maybe five percent of the people who listen to this episode could say within the last week, including and, myself. And here's the other thing I'll say, and this is something that I am so bad about, um, and I'm trying to work on in my life is surrounding like putting yourself in situations where you can't effectively share the gospel or where you can't share the gospel like um it is so so easy especially like being on a christian campus you mm-hmm. get your christian friends like and i'm not saying everyone on campus is christian because that no, would be but, completely false yeah. but like i could go a year without seeing any non-christians if i really wanted to. like yes and without talking like it, it would not be hard because like i have my friends who are christians and like it wouldn't be hard or I could put myself in situations where I have to share the gospel. Um, and I, I think there's a tough part about that where if you share it in a way where you're like um, rude about it or like. Where you open with, you're going to hell. Yeah. Okay. Side note. Um, you open with that. Dude, I I know Jesus and I wouldn't listen to you. I'm sorry. That's not how you talk about something. Same. Yep. Also like. If you're thinking not going to hell is the only reason you would ever want to know Jesus, you don't know Jesus. I'm not, I don't mean that as a fact, but I'm just saying if you believe that the only reason that you know Jesus and the only reason you want to follow Jesus is so you don't go to hell, you need to reevaluate your faith and you need to spend time in the Word because it is so much more than not going to hell. Yeah. It is so much more. And that, that's something I've been trying to like evaluate in my life as well is because like Jesus has done so much for me. Like how, like, how am I displaying that? Like, am I going out and am I being like a misery guts or am I going out and am I displaying the joy of the Lord? Um, which will be a challenge some days. And like Christ never, like Jesus never says that it will be always easy to share the gospel. Sometimes it's so easy to go out and just be happy and be like, Jesus Christ saved my life. I love Jesus. Like sometimes that's easy. Like there are days where I could do that without even like thinking about it. But there are other days where, like, you're tired. Um, you were talking about, like, sleeping three hours. That's tough. That makes you tired. And you just don't really want to share the gospel or be joyful or be merry. But, like, we're called to share the joy of the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, when people ask us, and I remember this very specifically, someone I was talking to, um, she had posted a bunch of things. And I, I texted her. I'm like, you know what? I've never seen a photo of you where you're not smiling or, like, super joyful. And she responded, she's like, yes, joy of the Lord. And I'm like, you know what? That's what we, that's like, why are we not all doing that? And um, I think there will be days where that's really hard, but ultimately it boils down to 
how much has it impacted your life? And it should be completely, like nothing's the same. Um, and that's saying we should all grow in every single day is understanding nothing is the same. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, so the whole point of the scripture is do not be anxious. And uh, I think like going to that joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord comes in some ways from not being anxious. And I know you're thinking, oh my gosh, Ellie, but I have a chemical imbalance and I have chronic anxiety and it's medical anxiety and it's not just day-to-day -day anxiety. That's cool. I'm not saying that that's gonna go away. I know that it can't. <laughs> Some people really like hit that home hard. They're like, I'm never gonna get rid of anxiety. I'm sorry that you have a chemical imbalance. We're here saying that's not an excuse for you not for you to live in misery. That's not an excuse for you not to tell people about Jesus. And that's not an excuse for you to assume that everything is going to be terrible all of the time. Some of your anxiety is chronic. I understand that. Here's the thing. Some of that anxiety is also rooted in sin. Yeah. If you start turning away from sin and you start reading what the Bible says and you start believing it and you start living it out, some of that will go away. I know not all of it. I know. Um, those of you who don't, who have normal anxiety like I have, I have normal anxiety, the type that's not medically diagnosed. I just have anxiety because life is scary and anxiety makes more sense than, it doesn't make more sense than just trusting Jesus, but it feels like it does half the time. Um, then there is no excuse for us to go out and have anxiety. Um, one verse that I can think of is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. I actually have this memorized, but I pulled it up just in case. Um, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. One of my favorite Bible verses. In fact, this is one of my go-to Bible verses. Like I said, I have it memorized because of how much I love it. Um, there are three steps that you can take when you have anxiety that are right here in this verse. Number one, rejoice always. Are you rejoicing over your situation? And you might say, Ellie, I just failed a test. How am I going to rejoice over it? Um, I found in my life, I've lost my father. My dad died when I was 15. I had to learn how to rejoice over that. And now I will, I can proudly say I rejoice over losing my dad. Am I happy about it? No. Do I know that that is the best case scenario because God put it in my life? Yes. Yeah. Um, number two, pray without ceasing. Are you praying? Are you praying on a daily basis? Are you yearning for that relationship with Jesus? And I'm not just saying read the Lord's prayer. That is an awesome prayer. And there are some really good things to take from that. It's Jesus's own words. Pray it. On top of that, do you have a conversation with Jesus daily? Do you tell Jesus about your day? Do you tell Jesus about your day? I do now. Okay. Um, but yeah. I, I will talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, I had to teach myself how to tell Jesus about my day because here's the thing, that relationship is going to be so important. If I'm going to go back to the trust fall analogy, if I'm going to trust fall into Jesus' hands, how am I going to trust fall if I don't know him? How, like, I have to tell him. I have to tell him about my day. And he'll tell me about his days when I read the word. And then number three, give thanks in all circumstances. Anxiety cannot be present where gratitude is present. Mm -hmm. I talked about this actually on the mission trip. We had a little Bible study. We talked about gratitude. Um, Gratitude and anxiety cannot coexist in the brain. They're opposite forces. They don't coexist. Um, if you have anxiety and you have not tried gratitude, try gratitude. I have an entire episode about it. Um, it is one of my all-time favorite things. It produ produces dopamine and serotonin in your brain. It is quite like it is the opposite of anxiety is gratitude. The Bible tells us over 150 times in the Bible to be grateful. So if you're wondering, Ellie, I have anxiety that's non-diagnosed, or even if you do have diagnosed anxiety, What's the three-step plan? Re rejoice in your situation. Number true, two, pray without ceasing. Number three, give thanks. If you haven't done those three things yet, no wonder you have anxiety. Yeah. Those three things, the opposite of those three things is anxiety. Okay, sorry, I'm done ranting. Go ahead. Okay, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm about to rant a little bit. Um, it's all good. I, I definitely want to share my testimony on this because I think anxiety is something that I have let rule over my life in several situations. I also lost my dad when I was 15. Um, some of y'all don't know this, I'm actually 16 now, so it was not that long ago. 
Don't um, ask why she's 16 in college. We're all wondering that still. I was, I was homeschooled. <laughs> I, I was homeschooled, had no social life. It's really quite simple. Any of y'all could have done it. Just don't have friends, don't have hobbies. It, it's not that hard. Um, but anyway, so I, I lost my dad when I was 15 as well. And I was in college, um, fairly busy. This is when I was a poli-sci major still. Mm. Um, and so I, I already had like anxiety issues. Um, that needed to be addressed, but I didn't address them. And then um, here's the thing about grief. Um, a lot of y'all will know this. A lot of y'all have probably been through something like this. And Ellie, I'm sure you can kind of agree with this. You have to give your grief to something. Like Yes, 100%. Like, yes. Even with, like, if you try to give it to yourself, you will give it to something. Something mm-hmm. has control over your grief. Um, yes. And if I had learned this like 10 months before I did, a year before I did, I would have been a lot better off. Um, Something always takes your grief. I let anxiety take my grief for six months to a year range. Yeah, I let I, similar vote actually. Yeah. Also anxiety. Yeah. I let anxiety take over my grief. I was miserable. Like literally did not talk to anyone my entire spring semester. I was miserable walking class to class thinking, oh, I'm a Christian studies major. Clearly I'm living God's will. Um, it's just God's will for me to be miserable and anxious. Um and I laughed at several people who were like, pray your anxiety way, like pray, read your Bible. Um, and then all of a sudden, kind of over the summer, it, th- this was like a long process for me. It wasn't just all at once. Um, a lot of people think you have to have this all at once moment for Christianity. That's amazing. And I really do love that that happens for people. That's not going to happen for everyone. It was not an all at once moment for me. But little parts of my life started to make a little more sense piece by piece. Um, as I started learning more about God in a relational way. So um, I grew up an academic Christian, um, and that's not like a denomination. Don't go look it up. I don't no. know. She's uh, just saying that she read the Bible academically like a textbook. Very much so. Yes. I I was very, very good at Bible trivia in my church, like mm. that kind of Christian. Yeah. But um, like Ellie was saying, I never told Jesus about my day. Like I never went to bed praying. I never prayed continually. I I don't even know that I prayed on my own outside of like the three meals. Like, that's about it. And so um, I started to realize like, and this was through a lot of different things. Like I went, like I kind of went to therapy. I I did a a, a bunch of different things to kind of realize this. Um, And I think that's important. Surrounding yourself with people who will help you realize what's right. Um, And started reading my Bible more. Started praying more. And slowly, without trying, and this wasn't me trying to target anxiety. This was me trying to follow Christ. Because I tried targeting my anxiety before. But once Mm -hmm. I started following Christ, the anxiety started getting better. Mm -hmm. And I will say, like, it's not a joyful thing for me by any means. But I have seen the Lord working so, so, so much through the death of my dad. Um, Mm -hmm. And the thing I I understand, um, my dad was a believer. I don't don't know about you, Ellie, but my dad was a believer. Um, And so I know... He would, he's in heaven rejoicing um, that I've finally come to this point where I realize like Christ can take anxiety. Like, um, and this isn't some, and that's something I have to work on every day. Like, I don't know if I'll ever not have to think about anxiety or like work on that side of me. Um, But as of right now, that is something I am a continual work in progress in. But the more I've started to trust the Lord, the more I've prayed, the more I've the more I dig into the word <laughs> um, and seek other Christians and seek the fellowship of other Christians, discipleship, 
um, worshiping the Lord, um, surrounding myself with things like very, very underrated music. This mm -hmm. is like super cliche, but also like insanely looked over. It's really weird. Um, we talk about music and we like laugh about it all the time. When I changed my playlist, I started thinking about it more. Like I started thinking about Christ more. And I started mm -hmm. thinking about, oh, maybe I do want to do my Bible time before I start school. Maybe I do want to do my Bible time before I start my day. Then I do my Bible time before I start my day. And I'm like, wow, Jesus loves me. How amazing is that? Um, and finding things in your life, like you were talking about the waterfall. For me, it's sunrises because I drive a lot. I'm a commuter. I drive 45 mm -hmm. minutes in the morning around sunrise every morning to get here. The sunrise is so, so huge for me. Like, mm -hmm. I see that and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And six months ago, I don't know if I would have done that. Yeah. So I think it's this continual work in progress where well, my faith has gotten stronger and well, I've been able to take these steps and I've been blessed to be in opportunities where I'm able to take these steps and like be around people uh, that really help me grow my faith. My faith has gone up while my um, anxiety has gone down, almost like a chart in my mind. Like, Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what Yeah. No, I think that's so good. Um, we've been talking for 40 minutes. I'm not even kidding. Ha! Huh. Um, so this is crazy. Uh, welcome to the 40-minute milestone. Um, this will be put in the books for, I think, the top five longest episodes now. This is what happens when you put a crew member and a future crew member. We're calling it right now. Gosh. Thank you. A crew member mm -hmm. and a future crew member in a podcast. Those, yeah. are the, those are the extroverted people at college who have to go up and talk to new people. There's more, but that's like, I feel like so that's a pretty good explanation. We literally spent seven hours on moving day, like yelling and dancing and like welping, welcoming people in. Like we love to talk. I'll, I'll keep you updated <laughs> if that's me next year. It will um, be. Okay. Yes. But I think that is so good. And just like, like you said, like a work in progress, like yeah. throughout your day, I want to, I want whoever's listening to this to think throughout the ne next week. We're actually recording this October 10th. This isn't coming out until mid to late October. I'm not hundred percent sure when I think it's whatever Tuesdays after October 17th. So two weeks from now is the day that this is, episode is going to come out. Um, I'll tag you on Instagram. Don't worry. Um, but throughout the next week that you're living out, how are you living out gratitude, living out prayer and living out rejoicing throughout your anxieties? So I think that part of it is learning to be grateful in general and learning to rejoice in general and learning to be thankful and pray in general. How are you doing that specifically with your anxieties? Um, something that I turn back to, so I preached over Job, uh, probably like six months ago now, maybe a little less, four or five months. Um, at my church, I preached over Job and it was talking about how uh, sometimes God will do things and we just don't understand why. It was the end of Job. It was, Job, it was God's monologue and then it was Job's response. Um, we don't always know why God does stuff. But I think that part of that is um, learning to be grateful for the things he does, even though we don't understand why. So, that this week, I want you to think about the hard things that you go through, and I want you to think, how can I be grateful for those things? So, for me, I'm going to try and do this exercise right now. We'll see if I can do it successfully on the air. <laughs> on the air. Um, I have been sick for the past week. I'm sure you have been able to hear it at least one point. Um, we're lucky. I, we are grateful that I have not coughed throughout this episode. Because <laughs> when I cough, it sounds bad. I've had to blow my nose several times um, before this episode. I've been drinking water. I had to have a cough drop before this episode so that I didn't sound absolutely horrible. Um, so this week, I have been sick, but I'm grateful for that. I am grateful because, um, why am I grateful? I'm grateful because I got to eat cough drops and they taste yummy. Actually, that's why I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I was sick and I got to have cough drops because they taste yummy because they're strawberry flavored. Um, I am going to rejoice over being sick because 
Um, I rejoice because I am in a situation where I can get things like cough drops or Musnex or Afrin or whatever medicine I'm taking to help me feel better. And then um, I'm I'm not going to pray on air because I always feel like that's awkward to listen to and we already prayed. But um, after this, I'm going to pray about how I am sick and how I want to get better, even though it really, like, it, the people live, like, worse lives. It hasn't been that bad. So that's what I want you to do throughout this week. If there's something that you're going through, whether it's being sick or whether it's losing a parent, which me and London have both gone through, um, find a way to rejoice in it, find a way to be thankful in it, find a way to pray. And here's what I want to say, um, especially with anxiety. I don't know if you've kind of dealt with it. I'm, I'm going to say this is probably my biggest hang-up in, like, progression and, like, slowly getting to a point where I'm better and better with it um, is I have a very all-or-nothing personality. Guys, don't don't be like that. Um, so I would be at a point where I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I did so good today. I'm not being anxious. And then I'd be anxious about something. It'd send me into a tailspin. And then I'm like, well, yes, this is just my life now. Like, mm -hmm. I, I screwed up once, so that I'm never going to make this right. Mm -hmm. Guys, I love this verse. So we're going to go, we're going to look at uh, John 1, 16 through 17, because this is a verse um, a mentor of mine told me, and I love it. And it's just, and so this is 16 and 17. And of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Christ. The whole mission of Christ is grace. Mm -hmm. there's, there's nothing we can do that will make salvation unobtainable because it is not through us. Yes, so it has true. nothing to do with us. Like, we mess up time and time again. We, everything we do points toward our own death. Like, we cannot give, our, give ourselves salvation. And that sounds terrible, but that should be so freeing because no matter how many times we mess up, if we truly have a heart of repentance, we get to start fresh in Christ. Um, and I really do want to encourage you all with that because, like, it can be so, so easy to mess up once and being like, I'm just done. I just can't do this. Um, but we really do get to get to start again. Um, so, uh, kind of off topic from what we were originally no, talking about. but That's all good. When okay. talking about anxiety, I think that's important. Okay. Um, I'm going to wrap it up by reading, jo not John, Luke. I'm going to read Luke 12, 32 through 34, which is the end of the Do Not Be Anxious section. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow, grow old, with a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches and where no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Was saying, make Jesus your treasure. Uh, don't, don't make wealth your treasure. Don't make people your treasure. Um, don't make any of it your treasure because all of that will go away. Uh, the thief will approach and the moth will destroy. Yeah, um, preparing for your future, prepare yeah. for your spiritual future, not the physical one. Yes. Um, make Jesus your treasure, which I think is so good. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, ma'am. Alrighty. Okay. If you're listening and you don't already follow our Instagram, it's at in the highs dot in the lows. We also now have a TikTok. Um, we, I do post the same thing on both of them, but it's fine. Um, you should still follow both and you should like every single thing that I put out there. Go, um, go, Give the likes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, um, so I highly recommend, occasionally we do giveaways, which there's not one coming soon. I just felt like I should mention that. Um, I did one for like two different times. Um, one of which was the celebration of the one-year birthday. The two-year birthday is in February, so make sure you're following by then because Who I'm knows? sure they'll, I have, hopefully I'll have enough money to do a giveaway then. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see. Um, and then, oh, I forgot the word. Yes, we have merch. Um, you should go check it out. All the merch that is sold throughout this month is going to a Walk for Life program that I'm doing, which is putting money towards a pregnancy center um, that chose women the heartbeat of their children so that they don't choose abortion, um, which I'm really happy about. So I highly recommend that you check that out. It's also really cute stuff. I design it all myself. Um, anything else on my list? I think that's all. I really need to start writing down what I need to say at the end of episodes because I do wing it every time. Hey, it it's okay. Great. It's okay. Um, Artie, well, thank you so much for episode. For, thank you so much for listening. I, I struggled with words. Okay, bye. Have a good day.